Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Glad that all of you could come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation every day right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and uh, I am so grateful uh, for our flagship station, Red State Talk, as well as um, Urban Family Talk, a ministry of uh, American Family Radio, and Loving Liberty. There are many other platforms that replay the show throughout. The world has ever known the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Hey, I don't know. Hey, sometimes the gremlins just run loose and uh, radio studios. Uh, and I have a feeling uh, the gremlin this time uh, has been me. <laughs> it has been me. On the on the road, up and down the road all the time, uh, doing a lot of things. And, folks, every day there is a juggling act that uh, I, I go through. And I'm sure your life probably is pretty much the same way. There's this juggling act that uh, you have to, to do, especially if you're busy. That's why people sometimes they will talk about you and, and do things and say things about you that uh, they they just don't understand that if they were you, they may not be able to handle the pressure that goes with being you. And so you just uh, you just keep on plugging. That's all I got to say. You just keep on plugging, doing the things that you do so that you can be all that you can be. You're listening to the C.L. Bryant show live. And hey, I was on earlier with people who are on their way and people who are at the Trump rally. It will be. It's going to be mega, mega, mega is going to be mega today, folks, going to be mega today, folks. They're in Orlando, Florida. From what I understand already, there is at least and I'm, I'm looking at the, the numbers that are coming in to me on my text uh, from my people that I have there on the ground in Orlando. I am seeing that the, the numbers now have swelled to over 15 to 20,000. 
folks who are already there five hours, four or five hours before the event began. And um, according to all accounts, they were gathering there uh, last night before midnight to be a part of a historical presidency and a historical announcement for Donald John Trump in his bid to become a two-term president in 2020. And by all accounts, the progressive liberal news media has this absolutely wrong. Oh, they got it wrong. They're thinking that somehow Sleepy Joe, Uncle Joe Biden, is going to pull off some type of upset against this juggernaut called Donald John Trump. I'm telling you that come 2020, I believe that there will be a major landslide victory for Donald John Trump. Now, just because I'm saying that doesn't mean that you can get complacent and you cannot go to the polls and you don't need to go to the polls and vote. That's what's going to make it happen. We have to go to the polls and vote. That is what's going to make this happen, friends. Going to the polls, voting November and not only are we voting for the president, we are voting also for the next speaker of the House. So I'm going to say something that I rarely say, but I'm going to say it now because it, we need to start saying this now. Friends, I always want you to pick the best GOP candidate to run for the House of Representatives there in D.C., right? You always want to pick the best GOP candidate. But I am of the mindset that we are so needing to get Nancy Pelosi out of that speaker's chair. If a lukewarm GOP candidate runs for the United States Senate against an incumbent Democrat, wherever you are, you find it within yourself to vote for that GOP candidate, letting him or her know that this vote means we are going to hold your feet to the proverbial fire because to hold their feet to a real fire friends is a felony. So don't do that, but make them know that if they do not do what you have told them, uh, but they told us and promised us that they would do when they get to Washington DC on our behalf, let them know that we are voting them in because we are expecting them to do a job that they must do. But anybody in this uh, coming election, anybody with an R or a GOP monogram in front of their name is going to be better for you and me and certainly the country as a whole than anyone with a D or come riding on a donkey. Are you hearing me?
This is our chance to take it all back. Take it back and make it great again, folks. That is what we are about doing. And it's going to kick off, jumping off tonight in Orlando, Florida. Be there, or you better believe you're going to be square left out in the cold if, in fact, you do not uh, pay attention to what's going on in what has been called the happiest city on earth. And I do know that tonight, at least among us in the GOP is going to be happy days are here again because we will officially launch the takeoff, the reelection campaign of Donald Trump for president of the United States. Friends, uh, before we uh, came back into this hour, I was talking to Dr. Paul Nathanson, and we were introducing uh, a word to many of you that uh, many of you may not uh, know. It's called misandry. Now, all of you will probably be familiar with the word misogyny. Uh, misogyny is a dislike for women. And I have never, ever fallen into that category, nor do I ever expect to be. They say never say never. Well, I can pretty much say with a, sh a certainty that there will never come a time in my life where I will dislike women. Uh, ask my wife, ask my daughters, ask my friends and relatives. CL has always loved women. And the thing about that is this respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T is the way Rita Franklin, queen of soul. Don't you remember her? Used to say it. That's what she's looking for. And that's what any of us are looking for. Whether you're male or female, you're looking for respect. But Dr. Nathanson pointed out that there may be an envy that is almost natural between the sexes. And it comes from, especially on the male side of that ledger, uh, when we look at how women do represent uh, life and how and let's just face it, man. If you've ever uh, had a son, if you've ever had children, period, daughters are sons, uh, men, there is this twinge, this twinge of jealousy sometimes, and I'm just being real. I'm talking real talk here, and be sure to, to keep an ear out for my new podcast that's coming down the pike. I'm just talking new, real talk here. Uh, there's always been a real twinge of je jealousy that comes to men, fathers, when we see how the children gravitate toward mama. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? You men out there, you know what I'm talking about. You fathers out there, you know what I'm talking about. Now, uh, they may run to you for money, but they go run to mama for comfort and support. And uh, you better believe this. I'm talking from a man's perspective here now. You better believe this, that uh, there is, in fact, a bond between mom and child, women and children, that we men will never have a clue as to how to understand 
that bond. It should be very uh, clear to all of us men because every one of us had a mother. And I certainly know that and I certainly hope anyway that you loved your mama. And as much as I love my daddy, uh, there was nobody nobody there was no way that he could compare to the feeling I had for my mama for my mother and I loved to listen to my daddy's advice but I loved to look at my mom and I loved to hear her call my name and what you do man this is where we go with this uh, you find eventually find a woman uh, a wife that you marry who in fact uh, bring about the meaning of these old words. I want a girl just like the girl that married dear old dad, mama. <laughs> and now you don't want your wife to be mama, but you certainly want somebody who is just as accommodating as mama is. And then the kids come along and uh, you have a son. You teach him how to, as Bill, well, I don't even want to mention the name, but uh, you, 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 as one, comedian, one great comedian used to say, uh, you teach that boy how to block, tackle, catch balls, catch baseball, run, run in the trees, tackle, uh, you know, all that type stuff. And uh, they finally, they play high school ball. They play college ball. They get the face on TV and they never give a shout out to dad. They always say, hi, hey, mom. Yeah, those twins of jealousy that comes with that. Girls, even though they love to sit in daddy's lap and they love to hug their daddy because he carries them around, around, hanging around his neck like little ornaments. That's the way I did my girls. But when it comes right down to it, the one that they confide in, they confide in mama. Even though they talk to daddy about things that daddy can handle, but mama is the fix for everything. And so Dr. Nathanson was talking to us about uh, misandry, and that is the dislike of men. And I'm saying to you, fathers out there, that if you have a healthy relationship with your daughters, they should have a healthy attitude toward men. They should like men. Because they like you. That's the way that should go. I have three daughters and I have a son. And I'm very proud of my son because he has two daughters that he is. Uh, he's treating them the same way I treated uh, his sisters. He's treating them like little ladies, like little princesses. And he's wanting all the best for them. He's treating his son like I treated him. Teaching him to tackle, play ball, and, and play his role, whatever, you know, as a male. But we must face up to this thing. That is happening in this country, that we are in a culture war and there is a culture war that is launching a, 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 a enmity between men and women, a war of the sexes, if you want to be honest about it. And there are. Uh, there is a generation, in fact, two generations that have bought into this idea that there should be enmity between men and women. And I'm telling you that it doesn't have to be like that. There does not have to be enmity. There's not doesn't have to be envy and uh, strife between men and women. And in the words, the immortal words of Rodney uh, King, uh, why can't we all just get along? Huh? There are some women who are more bold and more forthright uh, than other women. And there are some men who are not as bold and forthright as other men. There are some men who are not as bold and forthright as some women that I know. 
In fact, I know a lot of men who are not as bold and forthright as women that I know. But that is not a sex thing. That is a character and personality thing. A lot of people just don't have the bold and forthright personality. It has nothing to do with the sex. It has to do with the personality. And also a person's inner workings as far as their goals are concerned. But my question has been, and it was to Dr. Nathanson, where did all of this start? Where did all of this come from? He pointed to a time in the 60s when we had the sexual revolution. Of course, we had the civil rights movement going on uh, that was going on. And, of course, you had the Vietnam War that was happening at that time as well. You had a point in time when America was waking up. It was coming awake again. It was waking up. And uh, a lot of things began to change. Women wanted to be liberated. And I pointed out, I mentioned the burning of the bras. And Dr. Nathanson said that, well, that was a symbol of women coming out of their constraints. Understood. Understood. And as a minister of the gospel, I have to say this. Then, did that change in any way, the role of men and women in the family. Did it also change the structure, uh, perceived structure anyway, of the family? Did it? I think it may have. It has led us uh, that time in our history, the 60s to the 80s. I think the time in our history was where we are right now in our history. I believe it was launched during that period in American history where women did burn their bras. The Vietnam War was brought into our living rooms on television. The civil rights movement was going on. There was a racial awakening happening in this country. And all of that, in my estimation, was not handled properly. It was handled as a wedge, as a political tool to divide and conquer uh, those who would become a voting block. And, and, and hey, friends, the proof in what I'm saying, you don't have to swallow whole what I'm saying, but the proof in what I'm saying is right before your very eyes. Let's look at this 2020 election that's happening right now. And let's look at the design in painting Donald Trump as a misogynist. Now, let's can we talk for real here right now? Uh, Let's just uh, be honest. In Trump's initial bid uh, during his initial bid for president of the United States, there were a lot of things that came out of the closet that would easily point to uh, a trend in his behavior as misogynistic. However, on the other hand, when we look at the actual workings of his business attitude toward women, that has always been coded and uh, guided by a sense of equality. Who does the best job? That's what this president has always been about. And I do believe that is the way he has guided, uh, has been guided in his approach to business and women in this country. Uh, 
Ivanka is just not Ivanka Trump, uh, bold and daring and entrepreneurial in her approach because she has been cowed down by an overbearing father. No, you are seeing the effects of a young woman who has been given the free reign to be herself. I know a lot of uh, several. I know several uh, women who are wealthy, have plenty of money but are not as forthright and is not as bold as Ivanka Trump had plenty of money can do anything they want to do, but they're not as forthright and as bold as Ivanka Trump. And I do believe that it has a lot to do with the type of nurturing that the woman gets from the father or the man in her life. I'll be back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you live coast to coast and border to border over uh, within the boundaries of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And that, my friends, is America, just in case you don't know it. Now, um, we were talking about um, misandry. Misandry is the dislike of men that is beginning to spread throughout our country. In the last hour, um, we had on Dr. Um, Paul Nathanson, who was talking to us about that. And of course, we were talking about today, the president will kick off his 2020 election campaign that uh, they're in Orlando, Florida, which is known many times as the happiest city on the face in America, the happiest city in America. Well, now, there's something we got to deal with, something we need to talk about. And um, it is uh, something I think that will (laughs) be paramount to Democrat success if they are successful in 2020. And I think that's why states like California and New York are all now, both now 
and there are other states who are falling in line, going to give driver's license to illegal aliens. Driver's license to illegal aliens. Now, this does not make them American citizens. No, it does not. But what it does do is open the door for voter fraud. Yes, it does. Because in uh, most circumstances, if you have a driver's license and an address, chances are you can vote. Maybe under the radar, may even be illegal, but you can vote. Happened in California. How do you think Hillary Clinton won that popular popular uh, uh, vote? How do you think she won the popular vote? She won it in California. Yeah. Now, under fire is a good buddy of uh, ours at Freedom Works, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. I uh, was at Ron's kickoff when he ran for Congress the first time, and I spoke on uh, his behalf to a crowd of folks there uh, standing in uh, the foyer of, uh, well, I forget what the venue was there. And in fact, we were in Orlando. We were in Orlando when we kicked that off. And uh, Ron now has gone on to be governor of the great state of Florida. And he has signed into law uh, a ban on sanctuary cities in the state of Florida. Many are applauding this. I applaud this. Now, the opposition, and this is what we have to talk about. The opposition says that this is inhumane and this is heartless. And this is what they want you to believe about yourself, right? Yes, that's what they want you to believe. They want you to believe that you are a heartless and inhumane American, even though Americans are the most giving and uh, humane people on the face of the planet. In fact, if you really think about it, the only reason why those who want to call us inhumane and heartless are saying that is because they know that we are humane and have a big heart when it comes to people who are hurting. Where the boat is missed and where the point is missed when it comes to all of this is when we talk about the legality and the right of other people who cross our borders illegally, the right of them to be here. Now, the law is the law is the law. That's the way it, it works. And it's designed to keep the rest of us safe from those who we might be able to help, but would sink our ship if, in fact, we helped everybody wanting to come to this country, that's not heartless. That's not inhumane. That's common sense. <clears throat> Are you hearing me? That, my friends, is common sense. And when you think about your household and the people who are in your household, Sure, you want to feed the poor, starving children who might be down the street from you. Sure, you might want to give that latchkey kid uh, a place to be safe uh, when they leave school or in their uh, in the summertime. You want to give them a, a meal. But if your budget 
is stretched to a point where you can hardly feed your own and take care of your own, who are you going to take care of? You're going to take care of your own first. And that is what the president is saying to us here in our nation today. And this is what uh, we as conservatives understand is that America has to be first and foremost on the priority list when it comes to taking care of our needs first. And of course, you have all of these bleeding heart liberals out there who want to talk about just how wealthy our nation is. Well, let me say this to you. Yes, we are a wealthy nation. No question about it. Uh, The debt, however, is twenty two trillion dollars. Might as well be twenty two trillion dollars and counting. We won't be wealthy long If we began to sink our own ship and it's being sunk at the border right now, our resources are deplenished or or they're gone at the border. We, We just can't do this anymore. So what next? The president is going to deport, start deporting, deporting, deporting uh, illegal aliens out of this country. And uh, to date, he still has not deported as many as Barack Obama deported. Now, the liberals didn't beat him over the head about that, although many of the um, uh, Latin, many in the Latino community were disappointed at just how many people Barack Obama deported from America. They're just really disappointed in him. But that's what he did. And of course, since Trump is threatening to do and is doing the same thing, oh, they've lost their minds now. They were disappointed in Obama, but they're losing their minds now that Trump is doing the same thing. Does not make sense in any way, shape, or form. That doesn't make any sense. When it comes to our own defense, internal defense here in this nation. And let me go up and say again that there's nothing inhumane. There is nothing heartless about taking care of your family first. And America, when we look at it globally and we look at our borders and that's what makes us a nation is because you come up to the border of America and that's where America begins and every other country ends when you come to our border. And I said to you on yesterday, I told you yesterday, I'm a nationalist. I believe in America first, foremost, and above all the other shows, uh, all the other, um, all the other shows. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I like to see O'Brien show above and beyond all the other uh, shows as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I certainly love America. Above all the other countries on the face of the planet. All the others. Now, in um, saying that, there is, there is something that is pressing on our American horizon that we're going to deal with. 
And I don't know if um, it's the weather or the food or the water or whatever in Iran that make them so crazy when it comes to America and the West in particular, Israel. But they, they're just foaming at the mouth mad dogs when it comes to uh, America and their hatred for America. Now, I, I've known Iranians, um, you know, years ago when I lived in California when the Pahlavi, uh, the Shah of Iran, uh, was ousted. Many Iranians came to California. I was young then and uh, fell in with some uh, Iranian students who were uh, people who fled Iran to America because of the fall of the Persian king. Um, Pahlavi great people great great people fantastic food too (laughs) but I have nothing against the citizenry of Iran unless they're radicals and want to kill America I have something against those folks but most Iran- Iranians who are living here in America um, who are not radicalized, and believe me, there are some here that are, they're, they're folks just like you and I. That may be hard for you to believe, especially if, if you, you know, see a terrorist behind every tree, you know, that may be hard to believe. And quite frankly, I do buy into something that... Um, uh, my good buddy, we got to have Dr. Alan Keyes on. Dr. Keyes has not been on this show since we've started doing this show nationally, nearly three years ago now. I, I, I'm just, I got to get Dr. Keyes on, Dr. Alan Keyes. But he said, just because you don't see a communist behind every tree, CL, doesn't mean that there's not a communist behind every tree. So I know some of you have that feeling about terrorists, but most the Iranians that I have known in this country are very fine people, but we're going to have to do something about these mullahs and we're going to have to do something about this Ayatollah Khomeini in Iran. Uh, don't you be surprised if in fact in the days to come, you see a swatting down, a total destruction of the Iranian Navy. Just me talking, but don't be surprised if you don't see a total trashing of the Iranian Navy. We don't want to officially go to war with Iran, but it does appear that Iran won't be happy until they go to war with us. Talk about the mouse that roared. That's what you're seeing. Now, what happens in a in an electoral in election year when you have this type of unrest 
in the world already. Of course, you know that the progressive liberals are saying that Trump is the uh, person who is going to blow up the world, right? He doesn't want to, and he's not going to, but he's definitely going to blow up our enemies if they persist. It has been uh, heralded now that before the G20 uh, gathering, we're going to be huddling up uh, with China. Who knows if some type of agreement may come out of that huddling up. But I'm just saying that if, in fact, the president is able to pull something together before G20 with China, as far as a trade agreement is concerned... I have a feeling that the Iranians are going to shut up. And then again, maybe they won't. But I know who will, and that's the Russians. If America and China come to a trade agreement, the two largest economies in the world come to a trade agreement, amicable, and I know it's going to be amicable because the, the one thing that Trump ran on uh, long when I first interviewed him in New Orleans, Louisiana, the question that I asked him is, why is it that we have allowed China to treat us like idiots? And he said it's because of weak and poor leadership that we have been treated like this for so many years by China. Finally, we get someone in the Oval Office who has the courage, the nerve to stand up to China. And uh, guess what? There is a very good chance that we are going to see a trade agreement that is favorable to Americans And I can assure you that if Donald John Trump draws up that trade agreement and uh, we're able to put it together, it's going to be an agreement where Americans are not treated like fools, as we have been by China for decades now. Also, what has happened since you are seeing the strength of this American president, you're seeing, and it happened over the last weekend, two million Chinese. Are you hearing me? Two million Chinese took to the street. And they are now in protest mode. And the government of China, they know better than to try and subdue Two million Chinese. Now, even though there's many, many more, (laughs) I have a feeling this movement of wanting their civil liberties secure is going to sweep that country and couple that with the trade talks that the president and his team is about to engage in with uh, President Xi's team. Uh, Couple that unrest that's going on in China with that. I think we are right at the doorstep. We're on the brink, the threshold of seeing something happen that will have a global effect on the peace and safety of the world. Now, don't get too caught up in that because I'm also a student of prophecy. 
And I do know that there will come a time when uh, there will be cries and talk and realities for seven years, according to scripture, of peace, safety throughout the world. And suddenly uh, it blows up, it falls apart, and people are running around wondering what we going to do. Well, if that peace and safety comes, uh, just just bear with me on this and follow me on this. If that peace and safety comes during the second term of the Trump administration, then four years of that seven years will happen under the Trump administration. And whoever is elected, you thought I was worth I'll be back. I ran up against the clock. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. Time sure does go by fast when you're having fun, and I always have fun when I'm on here talking to you good folks across the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America Ran smack dab into the break and I was still talking because I was having fun telling you about the way I'm seeing this seven, this um, uh, peace and safety that I'm uh, thinking is going to come down the pike here with Trump negotiating the way he is with China. And I was correlating it to my discipline and uh, my studies of uh, end time and prophecy theology And the scripture does talk about a time when there will be seven years of almost global peace. And what brings about this type of thing uh, is evidently some type of collaboration between the powers that be on uh, the planet Earth right now. And two of the main powers, economic powers. And uh, when we talk about uh, uh, the way of the world, we, we have to talk economics what drives it and that is economies america and china have the two largest growing feverish economies in the world and it appears that if in fact they were to work out some type of deal some type of trade deal uh the world would see two major superpowers Getting along, 
which does indeed promote peace and trade. Good trade promotes peace in our nation. It promotes it, right? Sure it does. So I was saying that if in fact this season, this seven year season of peace were to take place in the second administration of Donald John Trump, then you would have four years of that peace under Donald John Trump, right? Sure. And then three more years under whoever is elected. And I I certainly hope it's uh, somebody that we can live with, like Mike Pence. Uh, You'll see three years of peace under that incoming president. But then, but then something happens that causes that to go away. And it leads to global upheaval. Now, whether you are a person who, in fact, is um, into Bible prophecy or uh, or, or not, um, you must, when you read this, you can go uh, to uh, Ezekiel, you can go to the book of Daniel, and you can also go into, of course, the uh, Rev- book of Revelation, uh, where all of this is talked about. And it talks about the kings of the east, the kings of the north, and all of that. America in particular is not mentioned, but uh, the kings of the east and the kings of the north are, in fact, uh, uh, mentioned. Uh, Many interpret those to be Russia or China. There's all types of uh, different takes on it. But we do know that there are still recognized powers, governmental powers on this earth that Uh, had been at odds, but they come to a point of peace for seven years. And then even Israel is at peace with its neighbors for seven years. And then everything breaks loose. It just breaks loose. And then we see the rise of one world governments and all types of things like that, that come about. Keep in mind that the groundwork for all of this is being laid even as we speak. Everything else as far as uh, prophecy uh, in Scripture that has uh, been prophesied uh, has come about except the return of Christ and rebuilding of the temple in Israel. Mm -hmm. Israel, um, keep in mind, I want you to understand this. Before 1948, Seven, uh, not 48, but 47, before 1947, when preachers would talk about Israel, preachers who were preaching the gospel, when they were talking about Israel, they were talking about a people that yet, that still did not have a nation because there was no nation of Israel. But then it began to formulate and in 48, boom. There you go. Israel is a nation again. Just as it was prophesied it would be again. They gather all the sons and daughters from all the four corners of the earth and bring them back into the land uh, that God had promised them. Boom, it happened. And Not only did that happen here with this president, the eternal 
capital of Israel, Jerusalem, was recognized by America as the capital of Jerusalem, where hither uh, before then Tel Aviv was recognized as the capital of Jerusalem. Said all that, say this. There is something afoot, not only in this realm, as far as I see it in my discipline, but there's something going on in um, a more spiritual type of realm. And certainly when you're looking at uh, prophecy in scripture, biblical prophecy, there's something going on. It's very uh, it would be very wise of you to pay close attention to what goes on with the negotiations of um, the way uh, of President Trump and President Xi, because the collaboration between America and China will certainly bring about a certain fastidious relationship that sends a signal to the rest of the nations on the earth. You need to pay close attention to what happens next with Iran because the two most hated figures in the minds of the Iranian ayatollahs and uh, mullahs, the uh, mullahs is America, the great Satan and Israel, um, the little Satan. (laughs) Yeah, that's the way they look at it. So pay attention, close attention to how we deal with them going forward. Will we wipe out their Navy? Well, because I'm a hawk and because I am the son and grandson and great grandson of hawkish men who fought in World War Two, World War One and World and uh, the Spanish American War, respectively. Um, I, I, I have no problem with the president going in and laying waste to the Iranian um, Navy. Probably take about 25 minutes to lay waste to the Iranian Navy. We can do it. What I have never understood, though, is how the Iranians uh, misunderstand that we can, that we will do it. I think they somehow believe Barack Obama is in some ways still directing the mentality and the attitude of the American presidency. How they make that mistake, I don't know. But evidently, they're making this mistake. And so, friends, pay attention to what happens with China and what happens with Iran 
in these days to come. President has ratcheted up uh, the attention by sending uh, one thousand um, of our uh, fighting forces to the Middle East. We have ships already there. I believe something is being staged even as we speak. Pay attention. It's been one of those days where, um, I mean, it has just gone by real fast. I want to thank, again, my guest for being on with me. Um, We have had on um, uh, guests who are in Orlando as we speak at the uh, highly anticipated announcement of our president running for his reelection. 2020 it has been great uh being with you today and i certainly hope that you had a chance to hear uh amy lee stuckey attorney extraordinaire uh down there in in florida who's at the rally at the um, announcement now the trump uh, rally now and we also had on debbie uh bomford Former Miss Florida, Mrs. Florida, former Mrs. Florida. And, of course, she's a nurse practitioner. Been on the show um, with me before. And then we pulled in Dr. Paul Nathanson. He was on with us. And he talked to us about um, toxic, well, not toxic masculinity. He calls it misandry. That's the dislike of men. And it is something that's sweeping, sweeping our nation at this point. We all know what misogyny is, the, dis- the dislike of women, the dislike of men, the dislike of women. Misogyny is dislike of women, but misandry is the dislike of men. And there seems to be this ingredient that's being thrown into the culture war that is lending itself to the war of the sexes, which probably will never stop because men and women will always be at odds. And this is where we get the idea of viva la difference. Long, li- long live the, the, the difference between men and women. But we don't have to be at war. We just need to learn how to build the bridge. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.